All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to an October 12th edition of Daily Faceoff Live presented by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I'm Tyler Urumchek. He is our NHL insider, Frank Saravalli. And Frank, did you feel like a hockey overload? First night with six games on tap and it kind of lived up to the hype. It did, but it was kind of nice. Thanks to the uh, Edmonton Oilers, I could go to bed after the second period of that game. So that was kind of good. After a long day starting the day in Pittsburgh after Bedard Mania. Yeah, they were they were just doing you a solid. No, uh, that's what it's all about. We're going to talk about that. We also have our pal Stephen Ellis stopping by with the next wave. We'll chat some Calder and also early 2024 draft rankings with Stephen Ellis. But first, let's dig into what we saw last night and start with a couple of hat tricks, Frank. And let's begin with Brock Besser, because, again, you got to go to bed halfway through that game. Uh, he was unbelievable, popping home four goals in the Canucks home opener. It's his first career four goal game and the Canucks were all over the Oilers watching that game. Frank, were you coming away going, were you more on the side of, Whoa, this is an impressive performance by the Vancouver Canucks or why do the Edmonton Oilers look this bad? Uh, it was definitely more along the lines of really impressive start for the Canucks, because when you think about their starts to previous seasons and how disappointing it's been, there's been a lot of pressure on them to get, off the block strong this year. And it's just one game. Uh, you don't want to overreact one way or the other, but that's kind of the same feel that I have for the Oilers. It was a lot of things that kind of rolled into one. It was lack of communication, 
uh, lack of attention to detail. They seem confused at times. Uh, part of it was work ethic, I think, and some willingness to win battles. So, you know, that can be fixed in game two and beyond. Um, but the Canucks needed this in a big way. And I just like that they got contributions from Connor Garland, whose name has been in the news a lot the last week um, as he's trying to, you know, find his way out of town. And the team has certainly been trying that as well. The only way to do that is to play well. And Brock Besser for the last couple seasons, it's been incredibly difficult on him personally and professionally to get off to a start like that has to feel good. And we didn't even really talk about Thatcher Demko puking in his helmet. Like what a, what a, what a day. Yeah, so if you missed it, Rick Tockett, when asked why they yanked Thatcher Demko or why Thatcher Demko left the game so late in a blowout, he went on to say, you know, like a few guys on the team, he's battling the flu. But then he adds in the detail, he threw up in his helmet. I feel like Rick Tockett could have left that out. He probably could have just been like, hey, he didn't feel good. Yeah, uh, the only position in the sport where you wear like an actual like chin strap, that chin cup. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was... uh. We don't need that. That's bad. That Ooh. is bad. Um, well, the Montreal Canadiens threw up a late game lead against the Whoa, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Look at that professional ah, segue. Ding, ding. Um, but Austin Matthews leading the way in that comeback for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He pops home an opening day hat trick. This guy loves the first game of the year. He seems to do this almost Unreal. every single season. Leafs go on to win in a shootout. You watch Austin Matthews, and I know after the game he was asked, oh, you, you scored a hat-trick, you didn't necessarily have your best game. I mean, if that's the case, he's a lock to score 60 this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know about lock, but much like the Canucks, this was really needed from a personal perspective for Austin Matthews. His season, first off, flew under the radar last year, mostly because he was coming off the Hart Trophy and the 60 goals, and a lot of people cut him slack, wondered about the hand injury and how that impacted him. But the fact of the matter is that he just scored 40 goals. And for most mere mortals, 40 goals is a great year. But for Austin Matthews, when you make that kind of coin, you got to be scoring close to 60. And he fell way short of that last year. He just never really seemed quite on. He was never as dangerous. He didn't have the swagger that he had in years prior. And I don't know what that was related to, but the fact that he was able to get back to some of that and have the Leafs erase that multi-goal third period deficit against the hated Habs, that's a pretty nice way to start off your year. Not too bad. I know uh, Stephen Ellis, who again we'll chat with in a bit, had a piece up on Daily Faceoff about the Montreal Canadiens. And I'll be honest, watching that game, I was impressed at the fight they put up. They were for the most part, kind of an afterthought for me heading into the year. I'm like, ah, they're going to come last, maybe second last in the division. But I watched them last night, and all of a sudden I'm going, I think I might tune into more Habs games this year. This might be a pretty fun team to watch. Well, they will be a fun team to watch, mostly because they'll be a threat at both ends of the ice, which yeah. is never really what you want to be. But I think people are sleeping on this Habs forward core. I think they're close to playoff caliber. And if you get some additional steps from a Slapkovsky, for instance, I think Cole Caulfield hits 50 goals this year. He was off to a great start. What if you get uh, some more from Alex Newhook, who had a great flying start to his Habs career? Mm -hmm. uh, some health. They got a lot of work to do on their defense core. I think their goaltending could be better, but I like where the Habs are heading. 
yeah, it's uh, easy to see the future in Montreal right now and some of that good young talent they have. Uh, last night was also kind of a weird one around the league, Frank, and tonight will probably be more the same with the amount of teams facing a tight cap crunch with the Oilers and Canucks both dueling with 11 forwards and 6 D-men. They were both a man short, and we get a look here. That, like They're not alone. It's not like it's just one or two teams who mismanaged the cap and are now sitting there handcuffed. This is becoming a bit of a league-wide issue here, Frank, with the number of teams who can't field full rosters for opening night. That shouldn't be the case. Nope. Like, look, a suspension is kind of one thing. The Kings were dealing with that in Kaliev. And you have some stuff that piles up an, an untimely injury uh for the oilers it was nima linen that really kind of tripped them up in their planning because you can't send them down uh all those things are most of them are unforeseen but a few of them you can see and the ottawa senators could have managed their cap better they didn't necessarily need to sign Tarasenko to a $5 million deal. They didn't necessarily need to re-sign Travis Hamanick. They didn't need to have a buyout for Michael Delzato. Like you can kind of work backwards and it's a, it's a step-by-step process to, you know, peel back the layer on the onions. But at the root of all of it is that for some of these contending teams, they are so close this year that they're going to have to go with the bare minimum or one player under just to get through stretches of the season that's where we're at in a fourth consecutive year of a flat salary cap my personal opinion we didn't need to be here this year the nhlpa could have done a better job i think negotiating a change with the nhl but we are where we are and you're starting to see how problematic that is when four teams on one night and two teams in the same game are squaring off with 11 forwards and six defensemen. Yeah, and Barra chimes in on the Daily Faceoff YouTube chat and says the trade deadline this year is going to be interesting with the cap crunch. I mean, boy, if you thought last year was the year of the third-party broker, hello. Maybe. We'll see. It's a long ways away. I know you hate Stop asking me about the trade, the trade deadline. deadline, dude. It's March 8th. I don't know what I'm doing next week <laughs> as opposed to it. March 8th. Uh, all right. <laughs> then we will move on. Let's talk about a team that I think is managing their salary cap just chef's kiss perfectly, Frank. And that's the Buffalo Sabres. They agreed to terms with young defenseman Owen Power on a long, long extension, a seven-year deal, an AAV that comes in just a hair under $8.5 million. I saw someone yesterday say, this is the Leon Dreisaitl contract, but for defensemen. And I think that hits the nail on the head. This is a guy in Owen Power who is good already, 35 points in, 75, or in 79 games last season. And $8.35 million, the cap is going to start going up here. It's not going to be a flat cap forever. In four or five years, if he's a star defenseman, which I think he will he be. He is already. Yeah. And $8.35 million, this is going to be a bargain. Absolute bargoon, as I like bargoon. to say. It's, it's so good, it's scary. The Sanderson contract was great. And part of the reason why the Sanderson one, I think, works so well is because we only had one year of Sanderson under his belt. Power's got a little bit more than that. Um, and when you look at power and really where he's heading, yeah, you get one less year than Sanderson got. You only get to buy seven. But for 835, just a small premium on that. I think this guy already is a star. And to have all of these guys in Buffalo, which you can see on your screen, Darlene Power, Thompson, Cousins, Matias Samuelson, all locked up through at least 2030. That's crazy. That's the Sens have done a great job doing that 
as well with Stutzla and Norris and Kachuk and that whole crew. But now the Sabres, who were already ahead of the Sens, have gotten everyone to buy in. Don Granato, their coach, has been a huge part of players wanting to be there and play there. And they're also the youngest team in the league this year, 25.5 average age. Most teams are 26 years and beyond. The Pittsburgh Penguins average age 31. Telling you, Sabres, playoff team this year, youngest team in the league. Two years from now, no better team in the NHL. Next season, not this one, next year. No better team positioned to win a Stanley Cup. I, I, I love it. the East. I, I couldn't agree more because you know what else this does? It's a set it and forget it with your most important pieces. You know these guys are good. And as the cap no goes drama. up. No drama. Yeah, like as the cap goes up $4 million this year, $4 million the year after, you're sitting there and you get to spend that that added cap space on luxuries. You get to go to the free agent market and say, we can, yeah, we'll give you an extra million bucks because guess what? All our big guns are taken care of. We're sweat free. I love the the ability this gives Kevin Adams going forward to be aggressive and now surrounding these guys with even more talent. It gives you flexibility to have them watch up. Yes, Patrick Kane, Frank, we know. We know. It's coming. Is there any updates on him? What are we still looking at? No, I think we're a few weeks away from decision okay. time, but I like he wants to see who gets off to a good start. And Buffalo, help yourself. Help yourself bring home the hometown kid. Oh, it just it makes so much sense because you look at their right side too. They could you know, use to, they could use yeah. that guy right side to push everyone down one spot. And I the think pot. he looks so good. I think you get Patrick Kane from like three years ago, not Patrick Kane from last year if there are any sabers fans uh watching the stream right now frank you are giving they're, them yeah they're fun. denting their desks right now <laughs> that they're doing at work uh i you know what the sabers are actually going to roll into our next topic as well we're going to continue our awards previews or should i say wrap them up with the norris and the selkie eric carlson the reigning norris trophy winner i don't see a lot of people picking him to win the norris again this year my pick though frank He's on the odds board. He's sitting at number three. I think Rasmus Dahlin's got a real good shot at this thing. He's going to be playing on a team that should be better defensively. I think that will help his own personal metrics as well. And the Sabres are, you know, they're the sexy playoff pick. Everyone wants to talk positively about the Sabres. I think that could translate into some serious steam for Rasmus Dahlin and the Norris this year. Who do you like in this race? I wouldn't bet against him, but I just think the fact that you could still get Kale McCarr at plus money on Batano is bananas. He's he is the best defenseman in the NHL, and I think it's by a somewhat wide margin. And when you consider his year last year, he missed 22 games or 20 games. He still was north of a point per game, and he averaged 30 minutes a night for chunks of the time as the abs. We're missing bodies on their back end. He's the guy, if he's healthy, I, I think it's hard to see anyone taking it away from him. But I think you have to allow for some special seasons. You mentioned Darlene. Uh, I'd throw Miro Haskinen in there as well. The step that he took last year, going from a previous career high of 36 to 73, he had always defended really well. He always he skates like the wind. He's an unbelievable defenseman. But the fact that he was able to add the offensive production and component to his game that separated him from this exact conversation is what, like a big reason why I think he's right there in the mix. 
threw a poll up in the Daily Faceoff YouTube chat. So let us know in there who your pick is for the Norris this year. The other award we want to take a look at, Frank, is the Selkie Trophy. There is no Patrice Bergeron to win it this year. It is a wide open it. race. Yeah, they probably should. Like, come on. The dude won it basically every season. Uh, Nico Hishar leads the race here at plus 500. Barkov, Marner, Kopitar all coming in at that 10 or 11 to 1 range over on Batano. I'm taking the chalk. When we did our picks at Daily Faceoff, Nico Hishar was my guy. I think, again, there's going to be a lot of positivity about this New Jersey team this season. Hishar was a finalist for the award last year. I think Jack Hughes is going to skyrocket on the offensive side. I think Nico Hishar is going to be known as the defensive conscience of that Devils forward group. He's my pick. Is there maybe Fair. someone even off this board here who you think doesn't get enough love as a good defensive forward or a great yep. defensive forward? Yeah, it's uh, he's got a pretty full trophy case. His name is Sidney Crosby. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but uh, he's never won a Selkie. And it's kind of amazing for someone that puts in the work and is as solid as he is um, that he has his best career finish is fourth. And I don't know if it's because people think that he's not as complete a player. Whatever the argument might be, it's it's wrong. Um, and part of the justification or reasoning in my own brain for saying Sidney Crosby at his age will win the Selkie for the first time is because when you look at this Pittsburgh Penguins team and I got an up close and personal view, just one game, not overreacting, they don't defend well in their own end and they need to do better. And so when you look at Sidney Crosby in the preseason, he drops the gloves and fights because the Penguins don't have anyone that does that. And because they don't defend well enough, he's going to need to have an all-world season defensively to try and lift this team back into the playoffs. I think he does it. I think this is the year he finally gets recognized. And I think it's also just looking at the odds board, it would tell you that it is a wide-open year for someone to step in and win the Selkie. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I, I love I think there's a lot of good offensive players who just they kind of get the reputation of only being good on one side of the puck and it overshadows how good they can be defensively. I would love to see Sidney Crosby in his later years here kind of buck that trend a little bit and get recognized for uh, the complete game that he can. Why play. not? Why not? Uh, we threw that poll up in the daily face off YouTube chat. Who is your Norris trophy pick? Kale McCarr picked up 33 percent of the votes. Rasmus Dahlin picked up 44% and the ever popular other option picked up 22% of the vote. Ah, no one other picking, no one picking Adam Fox. That's pretty good. Sleeping on Adam Fox a little bit. Uh, all right. We're going to continue our awards and we're going to talk a little NHL draft as well. Let's get into the next wave with Stephen Ellis. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The next wave is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Maybe you want to dabble with those Selkie and Norris odds. They got them up right now on Botano. Also, odds for the slate tonight in the National Hockey League. The game starts now at Botano.ca. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Stephen Ellis, we're going to talk draft in a second, but I wanted to continue our awards conversation with you a little bit. It's very easy to have Connor Bedard as your Calder Trophy winner. Two points in two games as well. But I want to know, who do you have rounding out your ballot for the call for your preseason Calder? Who are the other two names you'd have as finalists? Steven is muted. Unmute yourself, Steven. My bad. My apologies. There you guys. Go. Uh, this next one is not going to be a surprise. Logan Cooley, obviously in Arizona, going to play a lot of minutes with the Coyotes team. I actually do believe in this year. Uh, maybe at best a wildcard team, but a team that's going to put in, put in the drink in the Mike gold Kool-Aid. Not, not, I, I, you know what? Maybe, maybe a little bit. I just, I really believe in Cooley. I'm a big fan. Of I Barry like Cooley. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Cooley's just, you know, if anyone's got a chance of catching Bedard, it's Cooley. I don't think it's, it's that close, but he's going to put up a good fight. And I guess the one kind of underdog guy I, I've mentioned him before, but Joe Hofer out of St. Louis. I mm, just, it's a good one. I want to put a goalie on there uh, because I feel like, Every he year plays in like, Buffalo. That's the guy. Well, again, I, I'm I still on the belief that Devin Levi would be a little good in the AHL. Um, again, how many how many guys go right from the NCAA and then become like a really good NHL goalie next year? So yeah, so that's why if Hofer, I think with St. Louis, it just he could be the starting goalie um, by like December. I'm just that confident in him. He played so mostly because Jordan Bennington isn't very good either. That is or very hasn't true. Been. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he just kind of just. When we saw Hofer, what he could do in the AHL, he was this workhorse guy, faced a ton of shots, just did everything there. So, uh, yeah, those are my guys. Frank, who do you have? Yeah, it would be Cooley and Levi. Um, I think it's hard to do what he's doing, jumping from the NCAA to the NHL. It's really rarely done, as Steven pointed out. But I have the Sabres as a playoff team, and if they're going to get there, it's going to be on his back um, with him and Ned, and that should be enough for some votes, I would think. Let me throw you guys a quick hashtag ask DFO that Jeremiah just popped in. What about Adam Fantilli? No love for him, Steven. What are your I, expectations for him this year? I, I, I think 55 points. Uh, I just think you, when you're looking at what Cooley's going to do and what, what Bedard's obviously going to do, I just kind of think that he's kind of just the odd man out. But if, uh, again, it wouldn't exactly be a surprise if he's one of the three options. No, and not a rookie, but staying in Columbus, the fact that Ken Johnson is a healthy scratch is. Yeah. 40-point year last I, year. I, I don't get that. Uh, someone's going to need to have to explain that to me. Yeah, I know Blue Jackets fans are up in arms about that, heading into their season opener tonight in Philly. Uh, Steven, let's dig into some NHL draft talk, taking a peek at your early rankings, which are linked in our YouTube store or in our YouTube description today. So if you want to check it out, they can. You got Macklin Celebrini sitting in the number one spot as expected. Is he a stone-cold lock to go first overall? Is this just simply put the Macklin Celebrini draft? 
It's not. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people were talking about Ivan Debedov, and I'll talk about him after, but saying he could be the best uh, shot here. But when it comes to Celebrini, it's just there's i asked a lot of scouts watching him at the u18s and it's like what's the biggest flaw in his game and they're like we don't know yet because he's just kind of this great two-way player puts up a ton of points he had one of the best ushl rookie seasons of all time last year with 46 goals and 86 points in chicago and then you know he got injured at the u18s with a shoulder we didn't know if he was going to start the year uh at boston university and if he did start we expect him to have a slow kind of a slow start he gets two points in his debut. Like this guy is ready to go. Um, but you know, he, he's, it's hard to compare him to other first overall picks. Cause again, it's so early, but just what he was able to do in the USHL last year and how comfortable he looked in his college debut. He, yeah. He's definitely the clear favorite number one right now, but I wouldn't say it's a shoe in yet. Okay. So we got Macklin Celebrini one, uh, proud American Cole Eiserman two. Who's three. That's a tough one. Uh, you know, you got Artem Levashudov out of uh, another college defenseman, Michigan State, a big guy who moves the puck so well and put up a ton of points last year in the USHL. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of develops. Uh, Ivan Debedov is another one that I think has got a, a fantastic shot. Um, his situation's a little interesting, though. He just got a knee injury. He's actually going to be out for, uh, I believe it's two and a half months, which is a huge blow. Um, he was kind of in the same situation, though, as Mitchkoff, which was not getting a lot of ice time with Scott St. Petersburg. And uh, he was sent down to, to the MHL, was looking to see what he could do there, and then he got hurt. But with Demidov, just talking to the number of the scouts over the summer, it's like, how do you compare him to Mitchkoff? Because that's the biggest comparable. And a lot of people said he's better. I'm not sure I agree with that yet, um, but just the way he just is always on the attack, the way he seems to always be in the right position at the right time. And, you know, some of it seems like luck where he gets himself to, but he just knows where he has to be. And that's a basic answer of just great hockey IQ, great shot, uh, unbelievable release from in close. So that's another guy that I think people should be keeping a close eye on when he returns. Okay. So um, Lev Shunov being at Michigan state, and then also previously playing in the USHL. I know he's a Belarusian, but how much does that help him being on North American soil as opposed to some of these guys that are playing in Russia still? It's really good because um, you're, again, a lot more scouts over here in North America. A lot can't get to watch him play in Russia or Belarus. So um, for him coming over last year to play with the Gamblers, that was a, a good strategic decision. Played really well. Uh, and it's better competition than he'd be playing in a lot of times where he, if he was playing in the KHL, he would not be playing a lot of minutes. So he's getting a chance to be this big name guy of Michigan State. And he already has two points. So good start. Give me an early season riser to wrap this thing up, Stephen. Who's a guy who maybe a lot of casual fans aren't hearing a lot about right now, but they will as the year goes on? Well, for last year, my choice around this time would have been David Reinbacher, and it turned out that he turned out to be a pretty good prospect. But uh, this year, it's Anton Tsiliev uh, out of Russia, who had, he was playing at a point-per-game pace early in the season. He's a defenseman, so a point-per-game uh, point pace for any KHLer is a big deal, but to do it as a defenseman, that's very impressive. He plays over 20 minutes a night. But he's also six foot seven. And he's yeah, that's getting well. a couple people excited right now. Yeah. He's a big guy who can skate, who can produce. Uh, yeah, a bunch of his points were secondary points on the power play, but he's playing on the power play. He's getting these opportunities. He's playing in all situations uh, with uh, Torpedo this year. So I don't think anyone really had him on the radar heading into the season. I know I didn't, talking to others who had never heard of him until his first KHL game this year. And right now, people are saying, like, is he a top five pick? I could, I could see it. Damn. Yeah, that is. I mean, anytime you say six foot seven and defenseman and point a game potential, it's like 
I would imagine there are some scouts drooling over a guy like that. Uh, Stephen Ellis, this was fantastic as always. Thanks for hopping on. We'll chat with you again next week. Yep. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure catching up with Stephen Ellis for the next wave. Let's direct our attention back over to the YouTube chat. Frank, hashtag AskDFO. I've got a couple in here I want to throw your way. Ryan, maybe he read the stat Jason Greger threw out about the, how the number of teams every year that will go from making the playoffs to missing the playoffs and that number of turnover. He wants to know who's taking the biggest step back this year. Which playoff team from last year, Frank, is most likely to miss this season? I have a few teams out. I have four out from last year. I've got the Islanders, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Kraken. So by virtue, probably not necessarily of points, but a team that was within one game of the West final last year, I think the Kraken probably are the correct answer. But I don't see any, like, no one's dropping back to 78 or 80 points. I think they're all still going to be somewhere near that bubble or in the mix. It's just there is so much turnover. The stat that you referenced, since 2014, at least five new teams have been playoff teams that weren't the year prior. Some years it's been seven. It's a crazy stat. So um, those are my four out. Also, you, we got two people asking about this in the chat because you mentioned the Ottawa Senators in that situation. They want to know, is there a quick resolution here? Like, is there a chance Shane Pinto could be in the lineup in three days? So Shane Pinto is in Ottawa. I think they have agreed to terms on the deal. I think they know what this AAV is going to be. I think they know what the term is going to be. I don't, there's not really much left to discover. It's about the Ottawa Senators and Pierre Dorian pulling the trigger on a trade to create the space. Or if they're going to bite the bullet and take their time with Josh Norris, give themselves... 10 games or 24 days, whatever comes first, put Norris on LTIR, take their time and then figure it out over that period of time, but get Pinto in the lineup and get him playing. Taking out Pinto and Norris really leaves the sense thin down the middle. So you need one of those guys back and you ideally would have both of them back certainly before Halloween. Yeah, you think about how good their center ice position would be with both of them in the lineup. It's a shame that they couldn't make it work. Uh, let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets. Frank, I'm off to a 3-1 and one start yesterday. Thankfully, I bet on an Oiler, and I picked the right one. Leon Dreisaitl did get me that power play point, but the Maple Leafs did not cover the puck line. Tonight, I got a handful of plays, starting with a matchup between the Philadelphia Flyers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Ooh. I like taking Columbus in this hockey game, Frank. They're beginning a bit of a new era. I know it's the Kent Johnson healthy scratch. That's kind of becoming a story, but still Fantilli debut that new blue line, getting its first crack at regular season hockey together. I think that's going to lead to an improved season for someone like Elvis Merz Lickens and really whoever is in net for Columbus, they should be better. And I think this game's maybe priced a little bit off. I think the blue jackets are the better team in this one. I like rolling with them at minus minus one fourteen on the money line. And in the second game, the New Jersey Devils taking on the Detroit Red Wings. I'm very high on the Devils. I am not high on the Red Wings. I think you're kind of in the same boat as me heading into this year, Frank. So why can't the Devils get off to a hot start on home ice? You're giving me a hair into the plus money range on them to win by at least two goals. I'm taking it, and I'm sprinkling half a unit on Jack Hughes to find the back of the net as well. He is the favorite on the Devils' side to score at plus 118, but I got this guy pegged as a 60-goal guy this year. I think it's the mega breakout season for Jack Hughes. He's popping one home on opening night. Okay, I know the Stars will not have Rupe Hints tonight, 
but stars plus money on the puck line. Sign me up. Who are they playing? The stars have the St. Louis Blues Ooh. plus one twelve on the puck line. That's decent. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. Decent. I know no uh, hints, and he's gonna have a big year, but still, yeah. stars are pretty good. Uh, before we wrap things up with garbage time, your Phillies are in action tonight, Frank. I know you didn't pick them to win yesterday, but they gave mm-hmm. you a nice surprise. Well, six home runs in one game. I was sitting there like, come on, save some for the next night. Um, <laughs> all these runs. That that stare from Bryce Harper, just incredible. And now uh, in your own building again with a chance to eliminate the best team in baseball in four games for the second year in a row. I can't wait to be there tonight. Absolutely electric. I will be a great Frank. Uh, let's wrap up the show on, on a bit of a solemn note with garbage time. Frank, you have a story and a real emotional story up at dailyfaceoff.com today. Yeah. And this one was certainly a tough one to write. Um, I actually, to be totally candid, cried my way through writing it this morning. Um, spent more than an hour yesterday on the phone with Brad tree living now GM of the Maple Leafs, of course, but uh, was Chris Snow's manager and and worked with him for the last nine years in Calgary. And the story is really simple. It's Chris Snow's story through the eyes of Brad Tree Living. And just, I, I don't pander here. I don't really ever ask a lot in terms of promoting my work, but I'd appreciate it if you gave it a raid because I think it's, it's not just an indication and a look into um, a really good guy, but the human spirit and... Um, really just how an amazing person Chris Snow was. And so today, uh, age 42, laid to rest a memorial service in Calgary. The hockey world is descending on Calgary. I talked to a few GMs this morning who are uh, en route to, to be there. And uh, just keep the Snow family in your prayers. Yeah, I thought Jason Greger had a great line today on the DFO rundown. Not a lot of hockey fans have met Chris Snow or met his family, but everyone feels like, they know Chris Snow and they know his family and they know what Kelsey's gone through, obviously. So our thoughts with the Snow family today on what will be a difficult day in Calgary. The link to Frank's story is in the description of today's episode. And with that, we will wrap up today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live brought to you by Botano. We'll be back tomorrow with a Friday edition and we'll have another breakdown of a full slate of NHL games. Chat with you at noon Eastern. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.